the Major League University Developmental Podcast, educating and equipping athletes through the mental side of the game. Are you ready to gain the competitive edge today? What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Major League University Developmental Podcast. I'm your host, Austin Byler, and today we have an extremely special guest, Diamond Hall. He's coming out of Wright State University, mental or peak performance specialist in the mental skills department. He's been all across the board, played at multiple schools as far as Lincoln Trail Community College. Uh, he's been over at Grambling State University and Georgia Southwestern State University where he finished up his career as a player coach, which we're going to get into a little more because I'm super intrigued about that side. He works with multiple collegiate and professional athletes all around the world, really helping them peak perform. And as you guys know, this is a huge side of Major League University and what we're doing, what we're passionate about, that mental side of the game, helping athletes be more than just ball players on the field, helping set them up for life. And I believe that you're going to get a ton of value from him today. Uh, Working on his doctorates in sports psychology, we just had a great conversation kind of off the off the air about Tony Robbins and just studying some of these elite performers in this world who they've had, they've got the map, they've got the blueprint for success, and it's there for us to follow and to learn from. And this is going to be somebody who you want to pay attention to, bringing out your notepad, your pen and pencil, and taking down some notes. So Diamond Man, welcome to the show. How's it going? Dude, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on with you, man. Absolutely, man. No, pump me up that we can finally connect here and get this thing rolling. Uh, super intrigued by your story. I have been for a while. Started to kind of noticed you when I was towards the end of my college career. And then obviously now being done with baseball and studying guys who are in the game who are doing something similar and, and kind of where I want to be eventually. It's awesome to learn from guys from you, man, firsthand. So I'm excited for the audience today to kind of get down to the nitty gritty and, and learn some good knowledge from you. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to do it. Let's get it. So, man, take us through your story. So, you're the first ever collegiate peak performance coach. Like, let's let it sink in real quick. The first ever. So, having that and, and like going through your story, man. You've been to a couple different universities. Obviously, it hasn't been easy. You've probably faced a ton of adversity. Let's get into your story, man. Take us through kind of uh, how you got to this position today. Um. So, I guess the place to start is is when I, um, when I had the football injury in, in, uh, in high school. So I had a, I had a career-ending neck injury. I was a football player, one of the top running backs in the country. And to make a long story short, <clears throat> I ended up finding out that I had congenital stenosis. And I remember it kind of like it was yesterday, dude. It was, um, I, was, I was running for a streak, and then uh, our, our tight end, he went for an out route. Our quarterback passed it to him. And then he got hit, like, super, super hard. So he ended up fumbling, and I'm, like, running dead sprint towards the fumble. And then I dive head first. And um, the next thing I know, I mean, obviously, I hear, I, hear, I hear like a big, like a huge boom, like boom. And then I'm like looking at the sky. And um, I realized that I was, I was paralyzed from my neck down. And uh, like I couldn't get up. My teammates are standing over me telling me, hey, D, get up, get up. And um, it just, like, I don't know. It was just the feeling of not being able to tell my body what I wanted it to do like I had been before. And so um, a few hours go by, I'm in the ambulance truck and, uh, you know, I started getting my feeling back and it, it really turned out to be a blessing in disguise for me because that's when I found out through going through all of the, the MRIs and all of those things, the CAT scans, that I had something called congenital stenosis, which is like narrowing 
of fluid in your spine. And eventually I was not cleared to play football anymore. And this was like my life. This is like my bread and butter before I touched the baseball, before I'd done anything else. Like this was the only thing that was always on my mind. I slept ate, and breathed football. Like that was my goal was to get to the NFL. And so this is when I'm like 14. So for a 14 year old, you can probably imagine um, this is something that, I mean, usually guys don't go through. So I, so I, I kind of had to, to grow up pretty quickly as far as like figuring things out and being at a place, you know, at the age of 14, like, like, what am I going to do with my life now? And that was the question that was running through my head. And, um, you know, eventually I started putting things together. And for the first few weeks after I wasn't cleared to play, um, after I had to go in the doctor's office and look at him in the face and him tell me like, Diamond, I got some good news and I got some bad news for you. Good news is you're going to, like it was temporary, temporary paralysis is not going to be permanent. The bad news is you can't play football anymore. And like after I had to like go through that, that process. And of course, like that was dude, that was rock bottom for me. Um, I mean, that was definitely rock bottom. So after that, I had to figure out what I was going to do because I'm still an athlete. I'm still one of the best athletes on the field, whatever, whatever field I, w- I was to step on. I ran a four, two forty, um, and then came in baseball, ran a six, four sixty. Um, and it, it eventually came down to like, all right, I'm going to have to use my, my God given ability to, to take everything and take all my motivation, all my determination, all my hard work and put it in a different area. And so I decided to pick up, uh, to pick up the game of baseball, man. And it was, it's funny because I had to make this shift from, uh, from football, the football mentality to the baseball mentality, which are two totally, like totally different, um, perspectives and a ways to approach the game. And so through that process, me being an athlete, me being like a five tool guy from the very beginning, uh, I wasn't getting the results that everybody was getting. So I'm like, in my mind, like, what do I need to do in order to like get to the level that these guys are at? These guys have been playing their whole lives, but none of these guys are athletes like me. So what do I need to do in order to get better results than they're getting? And eventually for me, it came down to the six tool, man, it came down to the six tool. And luckily, um, one of my teammates, he uh, his dad gave him heads up baseball to read a few years back. You know, he was still playing um, and he handed it over to me. And once I got a hold of this book, I mean, as you know, like this changed, it completely changed my life. It completely changed the way I looked at the game. It completely changed the way I competed every day. It completely changed my perspective. It completely changed the way I handled adversity, um, everything. And so from that point on is when my bookshelf started growing. When it came to the peak performance, uh, when it came to the peak performance training, when it came to mental toughness, when it came to um, high performance stuff, like my, my bookshelf just started like, like booming. And, um, like, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop taking in all this information and try to apply everything to my career while I was playing baseball in my life. And so um, it, it propelled me forward when I got a hold of those things, when I got a hold of those tools and those books. And so uh, before, I got to, before I got to college, it was like I was on, the, I was on the, the border of being a guy who can go D1 or a guy who, can, who should go um, to JUCO. And I didn't get any, I didn't get any like full ride offers from, from anywhere as far as D1 goes. Um, so I eventually made the decision to, um, to go to a JUCO for my first two years. The people who were around me and the people who had kind of watched me grow in the game said that it would probably be the best idea for me. And in my mind too, it, it was because I kind of had to map everything out 
and think about everything from a strategic standpoint. Like if I go to a division one and I've only been playing for like two years and this is, this is very well known. Like I'm still raw. The skill sets still aren't exactly where they needed to be. So I knew if I went D one, like there was like a, there was like a, a very small window for me to actually be able to, um, compete at a really high level my first few years without having to worry about red shirts or anything like that. So I was looking at it from a standpoint of I got to get more reps and I got to learn how to how to really master the mental side of the game so I can apply it to my game and I can continue to propel myself forward. Um, and so that's what I did. So I ended up going to the JUCO. Then after the JUCO, went to a D1 for a little while, Grambling State, and then um, I finished up my career at Georgia Southwestern. And through that time, I mean, still the bookshelf is still growing, but through my college career, to make a long story short, like, dude, this was like everything for me. It changed my game. It got me to the level I got to. It got my teammates who were close to me. Like, they still, some of the guys who were still playing professional ball, like, they still, like, reach out to me. We work together a little bit on this stuff because I've always been, like, super into this, into the mental side of the game because I know um, that, I mean, your mind is the most powerful tool that you have. So I used to teach some of my teammates, um, my coaching staffs, used to put these books in front of them. And um, that was the process for me throughout, throughout basically my college career in a, in a, short, in a, short, uh, in a short story. And after that, um, I got in touch with Mercer, who's now the head coach at Indiana University. And he told me that he wanted to, you know, he wanted to do something that had never been done before as far as the mental side of the game went. And so uh, we made that happen. And then we had a great year. And after that, I kind of realized that I wanted to, to kind of continue to make more impact on the game as far as when it comes to the mental side of the game. So I had to kind of, kind of step away from Wright State and um, start like building my own brand, start building my own business, start working with guys individually. Because being on staff was really, really great, especially for me, that being the first that being the first stepping stone and me being able to see what it's like um, in the environment of, a, of being on a team and on a staff and only focusing on training the mental side of the game, it was, it was an incredible opportunity. And um, the staff was great. It was, it was incredible. So after that, uh, I started working with guys like professional guys, college guys, elite high school guys, and here we are. Man, uh, I think, like, okay, so there's so many ways I want to go with this, man. I think just hearing your story firsthand, like hearing that you had everything that you could ever want at the age of 14, and then boom, snap of the finger, like your life is almost in shambles, like complete 180. Yeah, dude, like, that's what it felt like. It's, isn't that crazy how like certain circumstances, certain situations in your life, whether it's an injury like that, where you almost see your life flash before your eyes, you're, you're for sure your career, because you were probably thinking right then, man, I'm never going to play a sport again. I'm never going to have the opportunity to go out there and compete. And that's ultimately yeah. what athletes want to do, man, is compete. And when you went yeah. through that situation, I'm just picturing myself in your situation, the amount of faith <clears throat> that you have to have in that situation is incredible. You've got to trust in your higher power, whether it's your God or your higher spirit. You've got to trust in your family and the people around you, your support system. And to hear that firsthand and how you use that to propel you. You didn't let your situation beat you down, defeat you. 
kick you out of the game. No, you let that thing propel you to impact more people. And what you realized is how important the mental side of the game is. And you mentioned the sixth tool. And I love the term because we focus on the five tools so much. And people say, man, this guy's got so much power and so much velocity, whatever. But being in professional baseball and seeing guys with the most power in the world and the most velocity and they still yep. struggle on a day-to-day basis, yep. it's, it's sad, isn't it? And so knowing that there's something way more, that we can help these athletes be set up for life through this side of the game, that athletes and coaches need to take this very personal and very serious because you have an opportunity. You spend more time with your athletes, with your kids than you do with your own families during the season, especially. And having that opportunity to, to be with these guys and impact them through this side of the game is huge, man. So how, how did you keep such strong faith in times of trials and times of error uh, and, and in this situation that you had to deal with? Dude, I really, I really, um, it was really never a second, a second thought about it. It was just, um, I know kind of kind of instinct because um, rewind all the way to, to how I grew up and and where I grew up I mean that was kind of how um, how things work whenever you hit adversity like you there's no choice like you just you just bounce back it's period it's period in the story like it's no no question about it so that was just kind of ingrained for, ingrained in me from a from a really young age um, but I mean the how to explain it. The, the biggest thing that I like to tell and I like to, to teach and train is that you have to develop that skill of bounce back ability. And that's probably the most valuable skill when it comes to the mental side of the game. It's one of the most valuable skills. <clears throat> excuse me. It's one of the most valuable skills that you can develop. And it's for some guys, it's easy for some guys. It's not, but it's a must in order to be able to become the most consistent version of yourself and perform at the highest level you can perform at on a consistent basis. Because, and especially in this game of baseball, like football and basketball, like you got the, the literally the very next play to bounce back and use all that energy. So you make a mistake in, in football. So you're a linebacker, like you got, you got like 10, 15 seconds to make up for what you just did. Baseball, especially you think about from a hitting standpoint, like, <laughs> you have a bad AB, you got to wait 45 minutes, and that 45 minutes is a war with yourself. Oh, it's crazy. <laughs> it's a war, dude, and you have to know how to win that war. And people always ask me, like, Diamond, well, well, how do I get rid of negative thoughts? How do I do this? How... The, the negative thoughts are never going to go away. We were literally, like, it is literally in every human being's DNA to be somewhat negative and have that negative side and have that positive side, but it's a matter of who you're choosing and which side you're choosing to feed, if that makes sense. Oh, 100%. So that's, that's out of everything that I've ever learned through my journey, that's probably the number one thing that I think every baseball player should hear is that the, the skill of bounce back ability and how fast you can bounce back from adversity is is 100% dependent on how far you'll go in this game. I absolutely love that. And I've never even heard the term bounce back ability. You know, I've heard bounce back, like get back up, get back on your feet. It's okay, you made an error, like pick them up. And that's cool, but the bounce back ability, using it as almost a tool and thinking yes. of it as um, something in your repertoire that you can use at all times. And it's something that you're in control of. Like, like you mentioned, dude, when you say, like when you speak, I just picture myself in your shoes. I picture myself in my own shoes and I self-evaluate because 
it's speaking right to my heart. And when you think about these fearful thoughts that we have and these anxious thoughts that we have, and then we're going through a terrible game, we're 0 for 3, and we're dwelling on all at-bats because we struck out three times and look silly, and mom and dad are here watching us for one weekend out of the year. It's the only weekend they're going to be there. And all these thoughts start coming up in our mind. Am I good enough? Do I belong? What if they don't agree with me? Like, What if they don't support me? And we let our minds take control of ourselves. So when you talk about the balance back ability, how are you able to start discerning those good thoughts from bad thoughts? And how do you choose in those moments where you feel so fearful, so held down and weighed down by those chains that are just strapping you to the ground? How do you break through those chains and how do you get through uh, those fearful thoughts? Austin, I'm going to, I'm going to share something with you and your audience that I, (laughs) that is going to be very different than what, we've been taught about um, most things when it comes to adversity. Are you ready? Let the me hear it, man. Let me simple. hear it. Let's get it. The answer is simple. You stop lying. You stop lying to yourself. And this is a very different approach that I like to take with just about, just about everybody. And when you look at it from this approach, we're all built as liars. Every single one of us lies to ourselves about something. Every single human being. But if you ask a human being, if you ask like just a regular person, hey man, like are you a liar? Say no, I've never lied. I haven't lied since, since like four, five, six years ago. That's a lie. You lie every single day to yourself. Yes. And <laughs> whenever you hit adversity, you lie and you say to yourself, oh man, dude, I suck. Or A, B, and C, or this, this, and this. And you have to be able to recognize that it's built in your human DNA to not only be negative, but it's built in your human DNA to, to lie, to protect yourself. That's it's literally there's science backed. Like every single human being is a liar. So once we get to a place, you know, once you get to a place where you're able to say and you're able to ask yourself a question after you hear these thoughts, you're able to ask yourself, is this a lie or is this the truth? What evidence is there to back up what I'm saying to myself right now? And if usually when it comes to the lies that you're saying, like, oh, man, like, are people are people going to accept me if A, B and C happens? Or if I don't do A, B and C and if I don't hit this result, this is going to happen. Like, you have to be able to ask yourself, am I lying right now? And when you look at it from this approach, it's a very different approach than what we're taught. But it will definitely, I don't know, it'll change your perspective and it'll allow you allow things to click way faster than the regular way of looking at peak performance because whenever you ask yourself this question, now you get into a real conversation and it ends up becoming a funny conversation because you'll say stuff to yourself and then you'll actually be able to ask, like, okay, is this a lie or is this the truth? No, this isn't isn't the truth. I'm just like, I'm just like saying this right now. And then you get to a place when you see that those are the facts and you're able to be set free. The facts will set you free. But it's a matter of having that initial conversation when those thoughts pop up in your mind, be able to ask yourself, like, is this a lie or is this the truth? That takes an immense amount of maturity and just self-awareness, which is awesome. That, That fires me up, man. And it's totally a different way than you think about it. Because when you get into these things, people start to tell you, like, just don't give it attention. Just don't bring any attention to your negative thoughts. Like, oh, you don't need to think negative. Why are you thinking like that? Why do you do it that way? Well, in reality, the person that's asking you why you're thinking negative thoughts probably had a negative thought within that last hour about themselves, right? They They have um, scientifically proven every single human being has negative thoughts every single day. 
there's it's literally it, whether you realize it or not there's some in your subconscious mind there are some in, some in your conscious mind but it's literally science back that every single human being has positive thoughts every day and negative thoughts every day period it's facts man it is it is scientifically proven and when you hear that like you start to evaluate the situation, you know, you're able to look at it from a different perspective, almost a 3D view, like you take yourself out of the view and you're almost like a little drone looking over yourself and say, hey, is this a lie or is this the truth? Is this real? Like, is this me? Is this Diamond Hall? Is this Austin Byler? Is this what we are doing? We're meant for so much more. And I think 95, maybe more percent of society feeds right into those lies, right? Oh, yes. Oh yes, that's where we've um, <laughs> that's where we've learned all of these things about um, lying to ourselves when it comes to people looking at themselves in the negative way and comparing themselves to other people. That's what society has taught you to do. That's what society has trained us to do. And so, there's there's never going to be a point. People always ask me this after this conversation. So, Diamond, how do you like how do you like tell the truth all the time? That's impossible. But it's a matter of becoming aware of those uh, aware of those thoughts and then asking myself. Is this a liar? Is this the truth? And just continuously peeling back the lies that are embedded and have been trained for me to think through the things that I've been programmed to do and the things that I've learned throughout the course of my life, throughout the course of my career. And that's everybody's journey. And once you step inside of this journey and start asking yourself these questions, like everything else starts to change. Things start to become easier. You start to see things more clear than you ever have before. And you start being, uh, you start getting to a place where you're able to start finding the truth and start finding the things that will actually guide you in the direction that you need to go in. Don, that's like, that's a huge nugget of excellence right there. Now, how, when you think about that, you know, we can evaluate, we can get to that point, but how do we get to that point? How do we first have the awareness, have the maturity to step back and just ask ourselves, is this a lie or is this the truth? And then, as far as that goes, how do we begin to work on that ourselves? It comes from first getting to a place where you make the decision to. And I know this sounds super simple too, but everything comes down to decisions. And this is something that Tony Robbins, we were just talking about him off, off, um, off air, but Tony Robbins talks about this as well. He talks about um, the the decision comes first and then the answers come second. So it all starts with just a simple decision and a 100% commitment to saying, I'm going to start focusing and becoming aware of the things that we're talking about right now. And so for anybody listening, it just starts with that decision. Once you get that decision, the answers will come and then you'll start, your actions will start being driven by that decision. You'll start seeking answers based on that decision. You'll start seeking answers and seeking clarity based on understanding that you've made the decision to become aware of your thoughts from this point on. But most people are at a place where they're not ready to face the facts. They're not ready to look at these thoughts because another thing that we've been taught to do is stay in denial about this stuff. We've been taught to stay in denial about the negative thoughts that you have every single day. We've been taught to only think about the things that are positive and never to actually face the negative side of things. In return, the negative stuff stays there and we become, <laughs> we become indulged in this fantasy land and we're not facing the facts anymore. Once you get to a place where you're ready to look at all the facts 
and you're ready to look at both sides of the stories, everything starts to change. And after you become aware, you make the commitment. Once you make the commitment, the answers come. Answers start coming to you based on your actions, based on what you're going to seek from this point on. It's, 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 it's just like if, um, if you know a new, new iPhone's coming out, right? And you say to yourself, I'm going to get that iPhone. I don't know where the money's going to come from, but I know I'm going to get that iPhone. It starts with a simple commitment. You make the commitment that you want to get the iPhone, and then you figure out where you're going to get the money from second. It's the same thing. Make the commitment, take the action. You know, and, I, and that's, I think, like something that kind of goes unnoticed is we don't, as humans in society, maybe this is because we're programmed this way, but we don't keep a lot of simple commitments to ourselves. And I like the morning routine in, in my aspect that's helped kind of shape my life because Absolutely. it's changed it around, man. When I was playing ball, it was roll out of bed, 9.30, 10, 10.30, snooze, snooze, go work out, eat Chipotle, and then head to the field. And now it's like it's more structured, it's it's more disciplined. And yeah, it, some people may think it's crazy or some people may not understand it, but here's the understanding for that. It's a power promise to yourself. It's a commitment to yourself. It's something exactly. that you can keep, right? Something that you can keep on a daily basis that nobody can take away from you. Not me, exactly. not you, not Johnny. Nobody's coming in and taking away what I do for myself. And we tend to not give ourselves a good 30 minutes or a good hour of the day to where we can truly sit down and evaluate and just get our positive thoughts out, our negative thoughts out, get it all out on paper. And, and we can speak it out loud, whatever we want to do, but we've got to get it out. And we've got to commit, first and foremost, like you said, commit to a new action. And then we can take action upon that. And I love that because like a lot of people out there, man, especially in the athletic world and got so many talented people man there's so much talent out there but oh, yeah. a lot of it just goes wasted because we don't ever oh, yes. develop this and i think it's it's, it's truly from a, a young age where we're programmed this way to sit down to listen to do what we're told to never think negatively and to always be positive and this and that well it's great to be positive but how do we deal with adversity when it shows up because adversity is not always positive you know, getting having the flash of you being paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of your life is not positive. But exactly. to have the faith, to have the courage, the strength to dig inside yourself, there's something deeper inside of you. And Tony Robbins talks about it all the time, unleashing the beast and, and kind of spreading your chest, spreading your wings and just letting it roar, man. And that's why one of these days we're going to a Tony Robbins convention <laughs> together, man, because we're going to be popping it off. I'm excited for that for sure. Um, Absolutely. But, but Diamond, man, I'm, I'll be respectful of your time. Only a couple more questions, man, and we'll get you on your way. Thanks for tuning in to the Major League University podcast. I want to give a quick shout-out to a couple of our proud sponsors. We've got the Positive Vibe Movement. They're doing incredible things in the mental health world, really helping people feel loved, feel cherished, feel cared about, and letting you know that you are not alone no matter what you are going through, no matter what struggle you are facing. There are people that love you, care about you, and want you to succeed in your life. Mental health matters. So go ahead and check out the positivevibemovement.com. Use code BOTHER for a discount on your next order. Amazing gear, amazing mission. And then you can check out Harmony Bats. 
They're just doing incredible things with their bats, gloves, and their mission as well. Here to really help that next generation succeed, providing leadership, providing opportunities for kids to live their best lives, and doing it through positivity and amazing character. The people with Harmony Bats are just incredible people, and their mission is unbelievable, and we're super excited to partner up with them for the future. So you can go check out HarmonyBats.com. Use code ABILER for a percent off your next order really want to know kind of what's the process that you take your athletes through when you're working one-on-one in team settings does it change or is it kind oh, of the same structure for for both yeah so at the at the very beginning of my career I had um I had kind of a, a curriculum or um or, or process that I developed for the guys over at Wright State and then as I started working one-on-one with guys and started getting paid a little bit more for for my time um everything became completely customized to whoever it is um, that I'm working with. So with the professional guys, everything's customized. And that's just, that, that, dude, that's just me. That's just the creative side inside of me because I understand that to deliver at the highest level, it has to be a process of customization. Um, and I mean, it, having a structure and having a, 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 a refined system works as well, but it, it's not, when it, whenever you don't customize something, it just doesn't have the same the same impact. Now, everything else can have a really, really high-level impact. But for me, I had to have a conversation with myself at, at um, you know, around January. Like, how can I have, how can I create more impact in this game with players around the world, players around the country, and also create more income? Like, what, what, it, what, are, what are the, what's the answer to those two questions? Because the problem is, is that most people usually only want to pick one. They only want to pick one. Like, I'm, I'm big on impact, man. I don't really care about income. Or I'm big on income, man. I don't really care about impact. And so for me, it was a conversation of how do I create both? How do I create an extremely high level um, of impact with what I do? Uh, and also, uh, you know, income. But for some reason, we're taught, you know, from the very beginning, we're taught that money is evil and all these different things, right? But, but that's not how it works because... Um, for me, what I've learned is that the more the more income that I make, the more impact I can create, and um, it, it's really worked out that way, man. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah, it definitely does, man. Definitely does, and I think you're so right. We get programmed as well. It's it's all these things that they get ingrained in our brains, man. The people don't realize how powerful the mind is. Like this stuff's getting ingrained in our subconscious from one, two, three years old. Where we're hearing, yeah. don't, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that. Yep. Money's evil. Yeah. Money's going to make you go crazy. It's going to make you do drugs and alcohol. Well, yeah, so is a lot of stress. So is uh, adversity. So is different life circumstances that can pop up in your life at any time. And money is it's such a valuable resource because when you have money, you have time. And when you have time, you have life. And I think being able to have the opportunity to go do what you want to do on your own time. Nobody's holding you back. Nobody's telling you you got to sit in this desk for nine hours a day and then drive two hours there and from, and that's your day. That's your life. This is what you're going to do, and you're going to be okay with it. After 30 years, you're getting your pension, your retirement, and you're good. Like Go on with your life, right? No. Yeah. Like, I want impact, and I want income. And I'm going to use those two terms from now on because – it's, it's tough when we're thinking about this, especially on the entrepreneurial journey. And this is perfect for athletes and coaches and parents and anybody out there who struggles with this because I feel like we all do. At some point, we think about money. We think about our finances. And for me, it's, it's really been this self-evaluation period, especially the last couple of weeks. So it's ironic we're talking about this because maybe the income's not where I want it to be, but the impact's increasing. And now it's the same type of conversation you had with yourself. How do you make that impact and the income come together? 
and, and in full force. And if you can up your income, you change your perspective as, okay, the more money I'm making, the more people I'm impacting, which is the best thing in the world. That's ultimately the overall goal. So having the opportunity to do that is incredible. And just seeing your process that you've laid out for these athletes, being flexible, being creative, not just cookie cutter and it's this way and or the highway. You know, there's no one set way to train anybody. I think each team and each athlete clicks differently. And for you, your special ability, your special gift is to discern that in athletes and in teams and to notice that and then create a plan, develop some action for those athletes to get the most out of that specific individual, which is just, that's a special gift, man. You've got a special gift for that. I appreciate it, man. And I think a lot of it has come from also the conversation of, of taking somewhat of a different approach when it comes to peak performance coaching, when it comes to um, when it comes to training the mental side of the game, um, I've taken that approach from the very beginning uh, of my career when I was when I first stepped on uh, stepped on Rice State's campus. Like my my mentality as a coach was to like how can I get these guys better results on the field through the mental side of the game? I know how powerful the mental side of the game is, and I know that if they learn this stuff and they can apply it on the field, it's automatically going to drip over into their life and everywhere else. And I think that sometimes the, and a lot of people are going to, a lot of people may disagree with this, but I mean, I've been able to kind of figure this out through just like continuous, like studying, training, tracking. Uh, I think at the very beginning of, of understanding something like this, a lot of people take the approach of, uh, of only looking how they can train the peak performance side and impact guys' lives. I've, I've learned that once you do, when you do it the opposite way around, like, like guys, are not only more comfortable working on the mental side of the game because they know it's going to get them results on the field, but then they start coming back to you with conversations of, dude, I, I applied this with a speech that I had in front of, um, in front of like four or five hundred, four or five hundred of my, uh, my other college college graduates, and like it helped a ton. Like they'll figure those things out on their own, and that's what ultimately is what I've strove and what I've striven to do. It's like let's let's look at how we can get you results on the field, and once we do that, and once you're able to see the results there then you can start applying these things over into your life and you're going to start seeing how baseball has all these life lessons ingrained in them that you can take insight from and start using to your ability on a daily basis. Absolutely. Using those insights that you're given, using those, uh, that, that path that you're given for something greater, man. Diamond, before we, before we head out to this last question, tell these guys where they, where they can find you on social media. Um, so the Instagram is, is simply just Diamond Hall. So D I A M Y N H A L L. Same thing with um, same thing with Twitter. Perfect, perfect. No, and I highly recommend you guys tuning in because he's got a lot of good stuff. Shares a lot of great stories, just a lot of great information. And you're always open to asking questions, right? Like just having those question polls and seeing the answers and responses oh, yeah. that people are asking. As athletes, as people, we can learn from each other, no matter what field you're in, if you're competition, if you're on complete opposite spectrums, if you don't even know each other, you can learn from everybody. So I highly recommend you tuning into his uh, social media channels because there's a lot of great information and it fires me up every day. So I'm, I'm always tuning in, man, that's for sure. Um, for sure, man. So last question, man, is it's kind of deep, but I think just hearing your passion, hearing how much you care about people in this world and how much of an impact you want to leave in a legacy. What's the mark that you want to leave on the game of baseball, man, and just athletes in general across the world? Um, 
You know what? That's a that's a really good question. Um, I know for me, my goal is just as simple as it could possibly be, just to continue to expand and continue to get the message in as many baseball players' hands and as many baseball coaches' hands uh, as possible. Because this is the, <laughs> for some odd reason, this has been the underdog of the game uh, for, for uh, I don't know, since the, since the very beginning of baseball's beginning. So <laughs> um, my goal, I guess, is to, um, and my target is to kind of flip that whole thing on its head to where the mental side of the game becomes the most, the most sought out kind of training that there is because it's the most important and people know that it gets results on the field. Um, so for me, that's the target. I'm a full supporter. I'm a full believer and, and I'm all on board, man. I think it's awesome having that big vision. And like you said, it's really been the underdog. A lot of people don't even think about it. They're stubborn with it or they maybe just don't care about it or they're uneducated about that side. So let, let's do this thing, Diamond Man. It was awesome to have you on the show. Everything you said today really hit home for me. I think it was something that I needed personally and I took a lot out of myself. So I hope these viewers took a lot out of it and I hope you got a lot out of it as well, man. So thanks for coming on the show, brother. For sure, man. One more thing before we go. Is that cool? Absolutely. Let it rip. I got, I got, I got to tell the, uh, I got to tell the story. Of, of what happened before we jumped on this call for your for your followers and for your audience because <laughs> yes. you guys have to know how committed know. how committed Austin is to <laughs> to this line of work. I mean, so <laughs> the other day when we were scheduling this podcast, I meant to send him 11 a.m. for the podcast, but I accidentally put 11 p.m. And today <laughs> I realized when we were communicating back and forth, um, like we were we were voice messaging, and he said, "So 11 p.m. right?" And I said, 11 p.m., what are you what are you talking about? And I look back at the message that I sent them, and it's I, I did say 11 p.m. Eastern time. And the, the, the reason why I'm telling you guys this story is because he was ready and willing to jump on a podcast with me at 11 p.m. We were going to be on the we were going to be on the podcast at 12 a.m. tonight. And he wasn't going <laughs> to ask any questions. And I just want you guys to know this because this shows how much character and how much, um, how much he cares about this side of the game and how much he's doing for you guys um, that you don't know behind the scenes. So I want you guys to really take that in and understand that he is doing everything that he possibly can to get these messages out to you guys. Yeah, I appreciate the kind words, man. It, it really took me on a trip there when you first said 11 p.m. <laughs> Eastern. <laughs> I was like, wait. I mean, I know you're dedicated. I know you're pumped, but 11 p.m., are you sure? But, you know, I didn't even budge. I was like, hey, he said 11 p.m., I'll be ready at didn't 11 p.m. Budge, Let's man. make it happen. <laughs> didn't budge. Well, man, I appreciate you being on the show, Diamond. It was a pleasure having you on, man. I wish you nothing but success. You're doing incredible things in this world, and, and I think our impact together is going to be made, and, and I'm excited to link up with you here in the future in person and, and really get down to things, man, pick your brain, and also just build better lives for other people in this world, bro. So appreciate you coming on, man. Absolutely, Austin. Thanks for having me, man.